Ah, you damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Thursday. Good grief. If you're a Texas baseball fan, you are not having a good Thursday, nor did you have a good Wednesday. There is only one time when referencing barbecue is a bad thing, and it's when you're a baseball fan. That's it. And once again, the Longhorns have to deal with that number and that food reference. Now they got to get rested up for regionals. Texas loses 6-0 today. We will talk very little about that, Longhorn fans, if that's okay with y'all. Texas is going to wait till the end of this holiday weekend to figure out where they'll be. It looks like now they may not be hosting a regional. Uh, they were going to have to obviously have a little bit of a run in that tournament. Now it looks like they may be in trouble there. We'll go over all of that. We got a lot to get to today as well. Football, basketball, Eastern Conference Finals may end tonight. It's Chad and Zay on a Thursday. I'm Chad Hastings, and he is Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What up, Chad? Woo! Give up a grand slam yesterday. Mm. Come back today. Five run in the seventh inning. Brutal. Brutal two games. I know one thing Texas fans don't want to talk about in the last couple days. Wheat or corn or anything the state of Kansas is known for. Ugh. Kansas gets them 6-3, including that Grand Slam you're talking about. And then K-State blanks them today. Gordon and LeBaron Johnson have uh, some okay moments, but overall Texas not able to create the runs. Campbell did continue to get that hit streak, go, uh, keep it going. He's at 35 games now. Dylan Campbell, if you want any good news, that's it. 35-game hitting streak, and I think it's 40 or 41 on the um, on-base streak for Dylan Campbell. But Texas baseball had a rough day. Because of that game, you didn't have the very end of Bucky and Aaron. No light the to tower today, but we are here for you today. Ball don't lie. We'll be ready to roll at 3 o'clock as always. And we got multiple things to get into. No NBA last night, Zay, so we'll, uh, we'll be previewing only today and... Tonight is one of those one of those back and forth type of games. I'm interested to see the attitude of both teams because I can make arguments that each of them have pressure, that each of them don't. And now let's see how these coaches deal with it. We know who the better coach has been over most of this playoff. It's Spolstra over Missoula. Let's see what kind of mindset he puts the heat in tonight uh, for this game five. Uh, the biggest story of tonight's going to be an injury. Gabe Vincent is out. That little tweak of the ankle late in that game takes him out of the takes him out of this one completely. That sucks for Miami. Yeah, that's oh, big time, man. That's big time because he's been huge. Twenty nine points in game three and game two. He hit a huge clutch shot to ice the game for the Miami Heat, so they won it. And yeah, he's been big all playoffs long. So now you're going to deal with the veteran Kyle Lowry, who's more than good enough and more than capable to get you a dub. It's just now your rotation's different. Is there anybody that Coach Spolstra is going to play because Gabe Vincent's out? Or is he just going to give guys more minutes? You know, is Max Struess, is he going to go from 30 minutes to 35? Is Duncan Robinson going to go for 27 to 33 because of Gabe Vincent? You're going to have to deal with mm-hmm. those chess pieces there. And on the other side for the ball, Boston Celtics, yeah, man, the pressure's not on you no more. It shouldn't be. I mean, everybody's expecting you to lose at this point. You're back home. But even at home, they're expecting a loss? 
Yeah. That's uh, that's where I could argue maybe the pressure turns a little towards Boston because you got to win this game at home now that you've gotten it. Well, well the history right? shows that you should lose this game because you're down 3-0. You're supposed to lose soon. Right. Like, the, the game, you're, nobody's yeah. really expecting you to win if you're looking at the history. But, yeah, with Gabe Vincent out, now going back home, which they haven't been good in Beantown at all. They have not been good there. Both series from Atlanta moving on to the next series, like they just haven't been good. So now the Miami Heat, who won both games there, games one and two, they should have the confidence and the comfort of being there and not being phased. And this is going to have to be a Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo game, even though Jimmy Butler had 27, or excuse me, even though he had 29 Bam out of bio, what he give you? 10 points. We haven't seen that all playoffs long. Mm-hmm. He's always giving you at least 15, at least 20, and then some rebounds and all the assists. And the Boston Celtics did a really good job with that. So Jason Tatum, man, he showed what he could really do. He showed that he's a first-team all-player, first-team all-NBA guy, knocking down those step-back jumpers, a little shimmying and stuff. And I still expect Jalen Brown to come through sooner or later. Reggie Miller, he mentioned in the last game, he fell in game. Game one, and he hurt his elbow, and I don't know if that's affected him, but his shot hasn't been the same, and his aggressiveness hasn't been the same either. I look for him to have a big game, plus Grant Williams. I love what Derek White did last game. Marcus Smart gave you some good buckets. Al Horford, when he starts hitting threes, that changes their whole offense, their whole dynamic, because nobody wants to pay attention to Al Holford. They're going to give you those shots because they have too much other stuff to worry about with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So Al Holford, he's going to get all the open shots he wants. It's just a matter if he knocks them down or not. If he knocks them down, it changes the game and the series. He and Kevin Love are kind of the same guy to me for each team. Yeah, right? they really are. That older, experienced guy that shouldn't be a big factor, but if you if you forget about him, he can kind of get you. I'm glad you brought up Brown. I'd forgotten about that injury until they showed the replay. In the last game, realize for whatever you want to say, I think we can all agree Jalen Brown's a pretty tough guy. He laid on the ground and screamed on that one. That wasn't just a little twinge and he's trying to work it out. He was yelling his head off after that one. So I could understand it may, you know, affect him for a little while. Somebody texted us, Jimmy Butler getting a 60 piece tonight. 60? Whoa. Man. Okay. Yo, if he does that, put him in the Hall of Fame right now. That would be ridiculous. And yeah, take a DNA test too, because he might have that Jordan in him like everybody's been talking about. So you got me doing it now. Every time I see Jimmy Butler, I start looking at that is. Kind of Michael's nose, just, isn't it? It's if you do the Tyrese Hunter, TJ Four thing, if you take at least five shots of Hennessy, <laughs> maybe about eight twirls, spin you know, around. spin around, maybe jog a couple of miles or so, then see how you're feeling. He kind of looked like MJ. He kind of looks like Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Well, I'm telling you. The other thing tonight, I just want to see how pride takes over for a lot of guys. What's the pride level going to be for a Jimmy Butler? He has got. There's no way he accepts his performance in the last game. He was just a flat version of Jimmy Butler. It wasn't exactly what he expects. How will he look tonight? And then can Jason Tatum back it up? Can he do that again? Stay that active. Stay that aggressive. You mentioned the drives. I know the guy's going to hit jumpers. I know he can do that part. But all that driving, that football play he had, and it, I'm an old man. It may have been a travel. But anyway, but when he tucks that ball under and he's willing to take that physical beating going through the lane and create that, if he stays aggressive like that, that's what they need ultimately. They can get out of this one tonight, but only if he stays in that mindset. Yeah, sometimes Jalen Brown settles too much because he has a pretty jumper, and when he knocks it down, a lot of the time it don't hit no rim. 
It, it's nothing mm-hmm. but the bottom, and he's real smooth while doing it. But then when he starts to settle and that jumper's not falling and he's not finishing inside – all the pressure goes to Jason Tatum, and he's been having his inconsistencies sometimes throughout the playoffs too. So then those other guys really have to step up. Like when Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, when they haven't played well, Struces came along, Kyle Laurius came along, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson. All those guys have had games where they've hit over 20 and helped the Miami Heat win. And that's why Malcolm Brogdon, like, when is he going to have a big game? He's been low-key invisible this whole series. He really has. Where has he been? Yeah, good the, point. Uh, uh, to, to be honest, he's been a liability because every time he's in the game and Jimmy Butler sees him, whoever Malcolm Brogdon's calling, Jimmy Butler says, hey, yo, 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 come here, hey, yo, get that switch. I need that. And right. he goes up there and they switch him off, and then Jimmy Butler goes to work and takes him to the hole. Yeah. Now, the beauty of playing in a long series and getting to game five for the Celtics you start to figure out, guys, what they like to do and what they don't like to do just on feel. The scouting report might say one thing, but feeling somebody out game to game, that says another. You could tell in game four the Celtics weren't biting on those Jimmy Butler pump fakes. They weren't biting on those Bam out of bio when he has the ball in his hands back doors. They were playing them tight, but they weren't allowing those guys to get in front of him. So when they were coming off those dribble handoffs and stuff, they were still sticking with him. Derek White did a good job at that. You saw it with those blocks. Jason Tatum did a good job with that. You saw it with his block, too, Mm -hmm. even though Max Schroes got the ball back and nailed the three, which was an incredible play. Only NBA guys could do that. But, yeah, man, I – you start to just figure out – their do's and don'ts. And you saw the Grant Williams. When he blocked Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler tried to pump fake, and Grant Williams palmed the ball and blocked it and just took yeah. it for him. In game one, they were biting on that pump fake, and Jimmy Butler does a really good job of giving you that little bump, your little, little elbow in the ribs and stuff, and then drawing that contact. You didn't see that in game four. In game five, if the Celtics continue to have that disciplined defense, then they could go back to South Beach. Yeah, sometimes as football fans, we'll say, if those teams played 10 times or if those teams played a 4 out of 7, it's just a theory in these sports where it's actually 4 out of 7. It is a grind, and you're right. You learn stuff as you're going through, and you got to figure – and you have an injury like this along the way. Vincent's injury is huge. That's big. And you get into this game tonight and figure out, and you know, we'll see if Boston can get it going. They've been so up and down, but their ups are really impressive. Do you like them gut feel right now? Do you like them to force a game six? Oh, man, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Something's interesting about this team. I, I just – You believed them when they said, let it, just let us get one, didn't you? Something was weird about that. You, just, you reacted to that. I don't know that. if that was just cocky and flat-out ignorant and arrogant. Absolutely, but I appreciated that. Mm. I really did because a lot of guys would say, yeah, it just ain't our series. We don't know what to do. We could take it game by game. Those fools flat-out said, Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown don't let us get one. If we get one, the series, it's changed. And they got the confidence now. They just haven't played good at home. And that's really weird. That's really odd. Not play- As good as that home court advantage is, we know how the Boston's fans are with the Bruins, Red Sox, Patriots. We know how mm-hmm. they are. They are very passionate. But they can give up, too. They'll, they'll give up and they'll start chirping in the crowd. They got a lot of feeling in them. They, a lot they, of feeling. They can do that because they are entitled for a reason. Yes. Entitlement sometimes comes and it makes sense. Look at the history of those teams. Yeah. This is one of the big dogs in the sport. Hell, we get it down here. 
University of Texas, we get the same thing. Of course. Yeah. Entitlement where things, when things go wrong, people turn left. Yeah. Hard lefts. Te- Texas baseball fans today? <laughs> Let me think about it. That's an entitled group for a reason. So when they see 6 nothing like this, 2 and barbecue at the Big 12 tournament, no, 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 no. That doesn't work. It don't. That does not work. I get uh, it. This texter, remember your Specs text line is 337-3776. It says, was Butler conceived after a Rockets game when the Bulls were in town? <laughs> I, we haven't looked up all those numbers. We don't know for sure. How about this, Zay? I don't know if this is real. Somebody texted us, Longhorns history at Globe Life Field. 5-11 and 11 record, lost six in a row, 190 strikeouts in 16 games, and an average of 11.87 per game. Damn. So the good news there is I don't think there's a regional being hosted there. Good. That's good news. Yeah. yeah. So, something about that place does not fit Texas right now. Dang, can we play at the old ballpark right across the street? Dude, I'd rather play over there. I'd rather play over there too. Yeah. You know? As a fan, I'd rather go over there now. I know it's air-conditioned in the new one. I love that old place. Though. I love it, too. It's beautiful. I just wish they could have thrown a roof on that place. I still don't get it. I'm not an architecture major. I'm not that guy. I couldn't figure it out. In and this, that was the only issue, just too hot. Yeah, I get, right. But this day and age, how can you not figure out how to put a dome on a stadium? I guess it's just, I'm sure somebody would tell me, like, no, nah, Chad, it's too tough. Oh, man. I remember going there, seeing Pudge and Juan Gonzalez during those days, man. Good days. And the change. I think Will Clark was there, too. Oh, yes, he was. Yes, he was. The st- after Griffey, Will Clark had the smoothest swing I've ever seen. He did seen. have a nice smooth lefty oh, swing. Oh, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it was Griffey and Will Clark for me. And to go from that old Arlington Stadium to that stadium, oh, my <laughs> God. You talk about an upgrade. Yeah. We were all just freaking out about that place. Uh, so Longhorns lose it if you're just jumping in. Six to nothing today. So six to three, six to nothing. Texas getting some rest now, waiting to find out where they'll be in a regional. Not too much rest, Coach Pierce. We need to get back in that lab. Yeah. Make sure we playing catch tomorrow, something. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. I'm sure there'll be a lot of drills going on. Yeah, we got to get back to the basics. Like what we did after OU, let's kind of get back into that. Not all the way where we're taking food and stuff, but like just fundamental stuff. Yeah, just the fundamental stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, so before we hit this break, let's get a couple of of football notes out there. Today, Longhorn fans, let's get you some good news. Let's get you some good vibes because today, all through the show, we will mention – it's 100 days till the first game. Oh, man, that's so nice. 100 days till Texas plays Rice. So if you're looking for that Bama game, of course, that's 107 until that one. So we will talk some football today um, as we are 100 days away from Texas's first game. But you're also starting to see OTAs and interviews and things in the NFL. Uh, and we got a couple little uh, little notes here before this break. First off, Zay, this, uh, this quote about Sauce Gardner that you hit me with was pretty interesting. Already the defensive player of the year, and now he's about to have Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the field from him. He's also got the offensive player of the year, the local product Garrett Wilson on the other side. But Sauce Gardner has already been getting the love. Now he's getting even more love. You found a quote that ought to scare the rest of that division. Yeah, an anonymous AFC North scout said on Sauce Gardner, he's Richard Sherman, he's Dion. he's Revis, he's all those guys. Oh, is that all? <laughs> That's it? He's just Sherman, Dion, and Revis Island combined? Well, he's, he's as big as Richard Sherman. I'm going to say Richard Sherman is, that is a 6'3 mm-hmm. type of guy, yep. long guy. So I see that comparison. Dion, let's let's relax. I know. I might calm let, down on let that let's, re- yeah, let's relax. Tough. I know you're just talking about corner, 
But how Deion Sanders impacted the game from punt return, sometimes on offense, and then locking up the whole side of the field playing cornerback, oh. we'll never see that duplicated again. So I wouldn't say Deion Revis, okay, I'm cool with. Okay. Yeah. Let's just, but prime time, let's leave him out. That's why he's so cocky. That's why he's so cocky. I get why, because when people say stuff like this and everything that he used to do, like Deion Sanders, you could arguably say he might be the greatest football player of all time. Like right there with Jim Brown and Lawrence Taylor and Tom Brady and the Montana and stuff. If you throw Dion in there, I ain't going to argue with you. Right. I really can't. No Just because, again, offensively, you could throw him the ball. You saw him on reverses with the Cowboys and how they utilized them. Again, what he did defensively, he wouldn't even get targets. They were just so afraid to throw to his side. You're ruining our offense. Coach, can I please throw over there? I like throwing over there. Coach said, no, son. Right. We ain't doing it. We're not risking it. And sometimes when you didn't throw over there, he would let – and his guy ran a post. Dion would back off five yards and wait for you to throw, then close. Bait your ass. Yeah, he'd make you throw the ball. He was so disrespectful. <laughs> it was awesome. And, and, and Incredible. Then, and then he would have punters – not punting the way they wanted to because they can't punt to him. Oh, yeah, no, they were punting trying to hit the nacho guy. Yeah. Like, they didn't care. We're going out of bounds. No matter – I don't care where you start on the field, we're not putting the ball in his hands. There's will never be another Deion Sanders. If I'm a Jets fan, I'm so excited for this year. If everything they've got, that would just get me more excited. Again, that's coming from the AFC North. So you're talking yeah. about a guy in the AFC North. Speaking of the AFC North, here's the other group of fans I'd be excited for if I'm, a, if I'm in here. If I'm a Ravens fan – I love everything I'm hearing about Lamar Jackson. Every single thing. He goes to OTAs for the very first time in his career. He's never been to these things. He wanted to go in to meet Monken and get under this offense and his new guys. They asked him what to expect with the offense. He said, less running and more throwing. They asked him, will your rushing attempts be scaled back? Absolutely, absolutely, especially with the receivers we have. Running can only take you so far. And I feel like with this new era of teams and offenses in the league, I feel like we need that. Coach Todd Monken, what I'm seeing in his offense so far is looking tremendous. End quote. That sounds good. Wow. It, it sounds good. That's what you need. Lamar, let me ask you this, fam. When T.J. Watt comes around that edge, like he always does, former defensive player of the year, <laughs> them instincts going to come around. So this, I'm not running stuff. Okay, that sounds great. What? You became famous. You won Heismans. You won MVPs. Yes. Based off those beautiful athletic legs of yours. So, I get it. I've seen the injuries these last two years, six last year, five the year before, whatever. It might be vice versa. I don't know. And I get that you want, you need, you have to, to be honest, you have to go a different approach if you want to last and live up to this contract you've got. But, dog, that instinct going to come in. It's going to come in. The instinct needs to be there. What if the argument back is, well, all he has to do, all he has to do, air quotes, <laughs> You just got to shake T.J. Watt, stay behind the line of scrimmage, get your head up, and find Mark Andrews. Oh. That's all you got to do. Okay, yeah. Or, hey. or find Zay Flowers. Hey. Or find Beckham. And that's what Mockin's here for. Get the yes. ball in people's hands very quick. Yeah. How about this number, Zay, real quick before the break? It says, Jackson is the most prolific running back, uh, running quarterback in NFL history. He's got 4,437 career rushing yards, most by any quarterback in their first five seasons. Second place is Cam Newton, 1,230 yards less. Wow. 
Think about that for a second. Five first five years, he's rushed for twelve hundred and thirty more yards than Cam did. Do you remember how they were using them last year? I remember one play, Chad. Mark Andrews was going in motion, and then he stops to go under center, and Lamar Jackson was in the shotgun, and now it looked like he was a running back, and they gave him like a halfback toss for like five yards, mm. and I'm like, that's it. This is what we're risking our franchise quarterback for. For we're, th- we're giving them a halfback toss. Monken's we're, not doing that. We're, we're thinking this is creative. Monken's not doing that. And then a couple of games later, he's hurting stuff, and I'm like, oh wow, what a surprise. Yep. We're Th- giving our quarterback halfback tosses just for five yard games. Like it was probably on the 45 yard line. It wasn't like a goal line move. It, yeah. it wasn't really creative. It was cool. I'm not gonna lie. It was fun, but for the long haul, for him. And knowing the history, mm, I probably wouldn't do anything like that moving forward. Yeah, if he can grab onto the ideas, and it sounds like he is already, That's a, that could be an incredible story for Baltimore. That may be a team to pay attention to. Jets are obviously interesting for multiple reasons, including all that love for Sauce Gardner. We'll get into some more NFL stuff coming up at 1 o'clock, including who's not too happy about this new kickoff fair catch rule. Uh, up next in the crap bag, though, let's get you the Michael Block update, plus the fast X reviewed. Fast X, Fast 10, Fast fast X. What's the cool way to say it? Fast X. I'll get you that review too on the horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chad and Zay. Rolling through a Thursday. Got some nice guitars working on this one. Not recognizing this one yet. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dr. Z. Oh, man. Ugh. It's one of those bands that's just outside of, of the, the groups of bands I was listening to. But I feel like I've heard it, though. Dr. Doctor, please. Um, is it like... MC5 or something like that? No. Nah. Who is it? UFO. UFO. Dadgummit. That's who it is. 1974. UFO. Early Shanker Brothers stuff. All right. My bad. That's why I knew Dr. Doctor. UFO getting us started today. Longhorns never got started at the Big 12 Baseball Tournament, certainly today. 6-0. Had the relatively early start yesterday. Never got things going. I heard Coach Pierce talk about that. Just a big old cavernous pro stadium. It's cool to say, man, it's great to play in the pro stadium. But when it's completely empty or kind of empty and feels just so big, uh, yesterday I was we were talking, um, I was filling in with Light the Tower, and Cameron Parker was talking about going to that game, and he's heard it described, Rangers games described there, as it's like a baseball game in a mall. And that's when people are there. So if you have less people there, it's got to be a weird feeling. Huh. And then if it's a 9 a.m. start, 
you really have to self-start. you got to get going. Man, and Long- Texas just didn't. Longhorn fans ain't trying to hear none of those excuses, Chad. TCU put up like 50 on Kansas State yesterday. I know. Yeah, yeah it's a good point. Right, TCU just they, – they jumped them. They scored, what, eight in the first? Yeah. Eight, first two innings or whatever it was. They weren't looking around and on, stuff like that. Like, You're oh, right. man, this is such a pretty stand. No, they were there to handle their business. Texas wasn't. They got embarrassed two days in a row. Yeah, inconsistencies with Texas throughout the year. It's it's a tough sport to be up and down in and be really successful. Uh, Texas, a lot of people following this team have said they don't feel like Omaha right now uh, in this last few weeks, and they have felt like maybe a super regional would be the ceiling, and you certainly would say that after what we've just seen, that getting to a super regional feels like the the far edge of what they can do if they're going to play like that. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, but hey, at least they're in the tournament and see if they can make some noise going somewhere else. Yeah, they get the long weekend off. Selection day is usually on that Monday, so by the time we get to Memorial Day, we will know uh, where Texas will be, and uh, obviously you'll hear all the games here on the horn. All right, coming up, we'll get you more football stuff. Who doesn't like the new kickoff fair catch rule in the NFL? Also, Zay found some chat GPT stuff that relates to the NFL. He's also got to explain to me what the hell chat GPT is again, because I'm an old man. We'll get to that though speaking of old men let's say about an old guy that can't stop smiling right now in the crap bag chad's crap bag crap bag if you need an easy way to remember it just think of a bag of crap brought to you by av consultations 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com this michael block story continues in golf if you watched the pga last week you know about him pga professional he was the highest uh, scoring PGA professional in the tournament, and they have those every year. But he also worked his way up into like the top 15, I think it was, which means he gets to play in the PGA next year without having to qualify. And he had the hole-in-one on 15, and Rory McIlroy hugs him, and, and just inc- incredible stuff, and he's crying throughout the weekend. Well, you may have seen the video this week. The people at the Colonial in Fort Worth call him up and say, hey, we got one last exemption. We think you're the guy. His wife is there. She starts crying. His boss at the golf course is like drinking some, some like liquor, whiskey, tequila, or something. He's like, yeah, you can go. <laughs> you don't got to work this way. We'll find someone to we'll, cover. We'll figure we're it good. out. Well, that's fine. <laughs> we'll figure out somebody to take uh, Mr. Johnson around the course and uh, work on his, his short game. So Michael Block is at the Colonial, and Zay, he'll tee off at about 1.28 our time. Uh, so we'll kind of update people today and tomorrow on what he does. By the way, Scotty Scheffler shot a 67 today, uh, minus three up there in Fort Worth. He is four shots back, Spieth plus two, unfortunately, today. But uh, Michael Block, uh, he, he said he got text after text after text, can't return them all, apologized to all these people he couldn't get back to, but he could get back to one person. Because Michael Jordan texted him. The GOAT. Dude. Yeah, when the greatest of all time texts you, you better text back. That is so badass. Might be the greatest of all time in any sport, to be honest. Yeah, that's that. That to, that to me is the great discussion about Michael, because if you started doing that, do like a what I call the dog show comparison. Is he a better basketball player than like Ali was a boxer? Yeah. You want to have those discussions? Then you're really, to me, you're getting somewhere. But he took the time to find the number, reached out to Michael Block. We all know how much MJ loves golf. And he let him know, hey, man, your story is one of the reasons I love golf, and I just wanted to reach out and congratulate you. Like, dude, how, I, could, I don't know if I could swing a club after that. Like, that's just incredible. Yeah, I mean, 
it's a great story. Like, it really is a great story. And to follow him and to see how humble he was this past weekend, he talked about his wife punt, or his wife crying and stuff, and he was tearing up. It's a great story. And, again, when Michael Jordan hits you up, you know you're doing something serious. Yeah, that's – I'm shocked that Jordan didn't say, man, you really inspired me. I just bet three guys on the course about $3,000 just now for one hole. Don't let me down. <laughs> Don't let me down. Oh, I thought you meant he was going to bet on block. Oh, he's going to bet on him too? Yeah, yeah, bet on him yeah, too. Yeah, right? we should play. He probably said, hey, we should play sometime when you're free. Put some money down. 10000 around. <laughs> All right, Mike, calm down, calm down. Yeah, uh, Michael Block, a guy people are going to be rooting for in golf. Golf's been a lot of a lot of picking sides lately with PGA and Liv and everything, but I think everybody can be on Michael Block's side. Do you think – Brooks Kepka winning just kind of makes people more, I don't know, cordial towards Liv? Uh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. I feel like if it had been a different guy, maybe. Like lefty Phil Mickelson? Yes, because he's a little more likable. Kepka, yeah. for some people, they just don't like him. He's got that. He's got that attitude. He's got that I'm better than you. He's a little more the villain side of it. Like I've said, he's got one of my favorite bitch please faces ever. Just looking at you like, why are y'all here? You're here? You know you're here to see me, right? You're here for me? Yeah. yeah. By the way, he's making the rounds at these Florida sporting events. Have you seen him the last few nights? I have not. Panthers and Heat game. I, I saw him at the Heat he's game. He's just switching right. back and forth. I saw him at the Heat game. Oh, he went yeah. crazy last night at that Panthers game. Yeah, he just got paid stupid. I might as well hang out in South Beach for a few days. Why not? Yeah, I hope it at least shows people that it's not about the tours. It is about the guys when you get to the majors. You can play whatever kind of golf you want. It's about getting to the majors and dialing it up. And if they keep that live money coming – Brooks Kepka might have found the perfect thing for him because he's never been into the regular tournaments. Right. He's never been consistently great at them, but he will dial you up at a major, and he's done it five times, and now he gets to go play 54 holes at a time in a little less stressful team environment that pays him $4 million every time he wins. Yeah, I know it's golf, but something has to be said about the PGA Tour schedule and how much they play, and live golf, their schedule, and the lack of tournaments they play in, and then coming in these majors, yeah. being a little bit more fresh right. than some of these other guys that have just been playing consistently week after week. See, at the Masters, when the live guys didn't finish the job, to me it was going to be the other discussion. It was going to be, you're not, uh, you're not polished enough. Right? Yeah, you haven't found like a rhythm enough. You're not ready. You're yeah. only playing three rounds. But you're bringing up the great point on the other side now. That's what it does, I think, for, for that's what Kepka's win does. It shines the light on maybe that. Does it keep them fresher? They're making a ton of money. The 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 pressure is a little different, but as long as they're able to dial it up, then you're you know you're right, right there. Yeah. And, and those other guys have been pretty good too. I mean, Deshambo was involved in this PGA for a while, and you know we'll see about some of the some of the other guys. But they've had names uh, that have been up there. So all that going on in the crab bag today. Plus, I have not mentioned it on air. But I did see Fast 10 last week. I was excited. I told you I was a little ashamed at how excited I was. Now I've seen the movie. I'm not ashamed anymore. (laughs) It was awesome. Awesome. For what it is, for what it's trying to do, it was sugary, movie-making masterpiece is what it was. It's unbelievable. I loved it. If you love Fast and Furious, you need to see it. It's in the upper echelon of the movies they've made. John Cena much better as a good guy? Check. Jason Momoa might be my favorite villain they've ever come up with. Puts a little Joker into the Fast and Furious oh, franchise. Come on. It was 
awesome. Now, I'm already a Jason Momoa guy. Loved him in Game of Thrones. Dug him as Aquaman. So just keep that in mind. But I thought he was fantastic. And if you love the completely unrealistic car crash scenes in Fast and Furious movies, there's like eight to ten Hall of Fame versions in this movie. And there's a couple other things people are talking about with this movie that I'm not even going to mention. Because take those to the side. It's a lot of fun. And I've already bought tickets to go see it again this weekend. (laughs) I'm sorry. You're a fiend, man. I am. I want to go see Dominic Toretto again. You need like a patch like nicotine people or something. That is, wow, man. There's nothing more important than family. And family. Uh, I don't know what it is. I got hooked. It's my father-in-law's fault. They were watching Fast Five or Six or whatever it was. I got hooked in right around that time. Went back and started watching them, and it's just... Oh, my God. Yo, Heath Ledger's rolling over in his grave. You saying Jason Momoa is what Joker-ish in yeah. this. He puts a little jo- a little Joker in it. I didn't say he was the best Joker. Jo- I didn't say he was Joker. So I said he puts a little bit of that <laughs> I'm just in saying, it. But to throw a Joker out there, like, man, because wow. You, because they've never had that villain in this movie. They've always given the villain some purpose, some connection, some thing. They're out for revenge. They're this mm. and that. The Michael Caine line in Dark Knight about some people just want to see the world burn, that's what Momoa grabs. Right. And they've never done that on a fast villain. And he's awesome. He's one of those villains you can't help smiling through the movie, and you're like, why am I smiling? He's the villain. He's trying to kill everybody, but he's so damn good at it. Yeah, because really attractive dude, oh, swelled up. Dude. He can be crazy. Yeah, and, he, and and when you're that good looking, you get to wear stuff nobody else wears. Oh, uh, yeah, like by showing the chest a lot oh, of shirts exactly. And like yeah. the NBA guys when they walk into the arenas yeah. wearing all that garbage that only they can wear. Same thing with Momoa. So there it is. If you're a Fast and Furious fan, I would recommend Fast 10, but uh, you got to know what you're getting into with that with a movie like that. It is. Uh, I think it did pretty well at the box office in the first week. I'm going to go give him some more money this next weekend. Don't tell anybody. All right, 1 o'clock hour coming up. Let's talk some football, that new kickoff fair catch rule who doesn't like it some big names react there this chat gpt thing that zay found about the nfl that i'm still trying to understand and a hundred days until texas plays rice longhorn fans how excited are you we'll talk about it on the horn